0: How'd she do that? A podcast that answers that question each episode. I am so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode. Whether you are on a walk, on a run, perhaps you're cleaning up around the house, whatever it is you're doing, I am grateful that you would allow me to be a very, very small part of your day. I know that today's episode with Tiffany Dowd is going to inspire you and encourage you. Before we dive in, I do want to let you know that if you're wondering, what is this podcast about? Who is this host, Emily Landers? There are two episodes that would be really helpful for you to listen to to get a better understanding of how she do that and the hope and heart behind it. The first would be my trailer episode where I welcome you all to how did she do that, and share a little bit more about my history and career. You can also check into the first episode where I invited my twin sister, Whitney, on, and she did something that only a twin sister could do, which is she kind of flipped the script on me a little bit, and she ended up interviewing me. So if you're curious about how did she do that, the history behind this podcast, and what were the events that led up to me wanting to launch said podcast, those are going to be great resources for you. But before you head that way, I would like to encourage you to stay with us and listen to this incredible episode with my friend and mentor, Tiffany Dowd. Tiffany is the original how'd she do that moment for me. I stumbled across Tiffany years ago on social media and looking at all of her travels, her amazing career, the question that kept coming to mind was, how'd she do that? So it was a true privilege and honor to have her on today's episode. You guys are going to love the insight, wisdom, and inspiration that Tiffany brings and I'm lucky enough to say she brings it to me almost daily. So Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on and without further ado, here is Tiffany Dowd on How'd She Do That. Throughout your career, you will have many people to look up to, admire and learn from but there will always be that one that kickstarts your curiosity and inspires you during a season you need it most. The first time I remember ever asking the question, how'd she do that, was my senior year of college while looking at today's guest social media accounts. I don't remember how I found Lux Tiffany on Instagram, but I am so grateful that I did. Inspired by her incredible travels to luxury boutique hotels all around the world, I couldn't help but ask the question, how did she do that? Tiffany Dowd is a global luxury travel expert known as Lux Tiffany and founder and president of Lux Social Media. She is a contributing luxury travel writer to various luxury travel publications, including The Telegraph, USA Today, and U.S. News and World Report. She is one of Travel and Leisure's top travel accounts to follow. When Tiffany isn't traveling around the world, overseeing her business or connecting with her many clients, she's likely enjoying time with her family in Boston, which includes her amazing husband, JB, and darling rescue cats, Nipsey and Simone. Tiffany and JB have become close mentors and friends of ours over the last many years, and I'm truly honored to share Tiffany's incredible story today. Tiffany, welcome to How'd She Do That?
1: Thanks, Emily. It's great to be here. And thank you for such a lovely introduction.
0: Well, I'm so happy to have you on. And like I said, you are my original How'd She Do That?
1: (laughs) And I love to see how far you've come since then.
0: (laughs) It's amazing to look back and to kind of think about our connection and the many years we've now known each other. But I am so excited to share your story today with my listeners, because again, you really are my original How'd She Do That. So thank you so much for joining me. So I know some of the answers to these questions, but I'd love to start at the beginning and hear where you went to school and what you majored in and what that season of life kind of looked like for you.
1: Well, I'm originally from Southern California, and I studied my undergraduate at the University of Southern California. So I'm a proud USC Trojan. (laughs) And I studied broadcast journalism. And from as far as I could remember, I always loved to write. So in junior high school and high school, I was always on the school newspaper. I was a features editor in high school. And strangely enough, I was a kid that when I would drive around in my car, I would listen to talk radio. I wasn't listening (laughs) to music And even going farther back, when I was a kid, I used to make audio cassettes of like fake news half-hour programs (laughs) with commercials. (laughs) So so I always knew that I wanted to go into journalism of some sort. So that um, quickly was an easy fit for me to be um, a broadcast journalism major at USC. I loved it immensely. Mm. It was just so much about the present, real-time, happening news. And at the time, it was you know sort of maybe my dream to be perhaps a, a news um, journalist um, on mm-hmm. camera, and it sort of evolved into um, going into something else. Of course, um, I never did do that. Um, but during the time in college, I had many internships. Looking back, I think I probably had five internships while at USC. Wow! anywhere from NBC Sports, where I would write the college football Saturday highlights for, um, for the, their nightly newscasts. I worked at a company called Prime Ticket Sports Net- Network, the same thing, where I was um, writing the highlights. And that was pretty exciting because you actually got to hear the anchors saying what you were saying on air. Oh, I, wow. I later went on to do an international public relations program in Europe. Um, the summer after my junior year, at which point I met somebody who had been involved in that program in Europe, um, who was at the time working for MGM. And I said to him, I said, Oh, I'd definitely love to talk to you about working at MGM afterwards. And Mm -hmm. he says, All right, get in touch with me when you get back. So after my junior year, in my senior year, I started um, as an intern at MGM in publicity for feature films. And that was very exciting. Of course, being at USC and being in, you know, in the movie business, it was all very interesting to see how the publicity side, when a movie was distributed, how that worked. And that later went on to, after I was um, finishing up my senior year at USC, I ended up working at New Line Cinema in publicity. And at the time, some major films were coming out and it was, you know, a, a great opportunity for me to, again, continue in the film industry. So while I was in media and communications and journalism, I found myself kind of veering into the publicity side of things a little bit behind the scenes. And I really enjoyed that side of it. Um, And at that time, I had been thinking about going to graduate school. And I was born and raised in Southern California and thought that you know, maybe it was time to think about going to grad school. If it wasn't now, it would be never. So (laughs) I applied to journalism schools, and I was accepted to study business and economics journalism at Boston University's College of Communication. And I thought, you know, okay. And at the same time, I had just been interviewing for a junior publicist job at New Line Cinema, which was just such an opportunity. And then I also had another bird in hand of going to grad (laughs) school. And I decided that, it was time for me to go to grad school and try something that I had never, ever thought I would do. And more importantly than just going to Boston University, it was moving completely across the United States. I used to joke that I barely even knew where Boston was. And my <laughs> friends would say, are you sure? You know, it snows there. You don't even own a winter coat. And I said, you know, this is something I want to try. It's going to be a print degree. It's going to be all about business economics. It's going to challenge me in ways that will force me to grow. And that was something I felt at the time after I had been, you know, had the time of my life at USC, just such a great experience. And now, you know, I said, I feel like I'm being complacent and I have to challenge myself to do something that will that will stretch me in every way. I mean, I didn't know a single person in Boston. I really did not know a single person. I remember showing up for the first day um, for school. I was young. I think I was 21 years old when I started grad school. Wow. And my professor actually of the graduate program thought I was one of the undergraduates, <laughs> asked me if I was lost. And I wasn't. <laughs> I said, I was here. I'm part of your program. And I think he was a bit surprised because I looked like I was fresh off a plane from California, a <laughs> California beach girl. And it just was such a great experience for me. Hmm. And I I don't regret that. I think you and I have talked about this, about this feeling of doing something that this frightens you a little bit moving, you know, moving right. somewhere for a job, you know, or right. moving somewhere for school. And I held on to the fact that, okay, I can go to Boston, but I can always come home. You know, it's yes. not like somebody's shipping me off to Boston. I think that's a song, um, shipping <laughs> me off to Boston and making me stay there. And so, you know, I went on to study, but I found myself getting very engaged, um, with people in other programs. At the time in journalism, you know, we were all working on our thesis, we were working very hard in our individual um, programs. And I met some people in the PR program who later introduced me to someone who was very well connected in the city. And she asked me to be her intern. And she was um, somebody who, you know, she ran the Newbury Street League. I'll um, tell you her name. Her name is Joan Jolly. And she changed my life oh. forever, I would say. Oh. She, um, she was the most connected person in the city planning every special event. And I went from knowing nobody in town to knowing everybody in town very quickly. And by the time I graduated from Boston University, I was now 22. Um, and wow. I had said, I, I can't leave yet. My time here isn't done. There's something here that's more for me. Mm-hmm. which then ultimately led into my first job. So it's, you know, it's it's always a journey. It's just never a straight path. And here I am all these years later, I still live in Boston. I absolutely love it. And it was a pivotal decision that changed my life
0: forever. That's amazing. And like you touched on, I, I just have to give Tiffany props because that that experience that she had uh, after, after college, she and I actually connected. And I credit Tiffany to uh, a lot of my bravery to move to New York. So for those of you who are listening and you're wondering, you know, what, what's going to be the push? What's going to be the thing that gives me the the choice and the freedom to move forward in that dream, specifically location-wise. Tiffany was really the one who said to me, look, Texas is always going to be there for you. And just like Tiffany just said, no one was going to force her to stay in Boston. Why not go and experience a new city? And now she's been there ever since. But but Tiffany, I, I really always credit you for that thought. So if you're listening and you're wondering what that push might be, hey, The place you're leaving will always be there for you. You can always go back, (laughs) but you might not as well.
1: (laughs) Just don't be afraid Uh, to take a chance.
0: Yes, don't be afraid to take a chance. I love that. Well, ultimately, uh, after graduating from graduate school, what was that first role? What did that kind of look like? And how did you land that role?
1: I worked for a great little company after grad school. It was an integrated marketing firm that did different types of media, advertising, publicity, and the accounts that I was responsible for were financial institutions that were um, for private wealth and um, banking. And oh, so wow. I was doing the advertising for small banks and I really enjoyed it. And, and probably a couple years after that, I had the opportunity where there was an opportunity at the hottest ad agency in town. Big, hmm. famous, it was, everybody knew it. And uh, I'll say it's Hill Holiday, Hill Holiday Advertising was one of the two big ad agencies in town. And, you know, I thought, wow, you know, this would be amazing. I've got this experience here now from the smaller integrated marketing firm. And I um, went and I think there was probably five or six interviews for this job and I landed the job. And I wow. was working um, again in financial services
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, for Hill Holiday at, for Advertising for a couple of years. And it was a really, really interesting experience. And that experience, what that really taught me, was for me personally that bigger did not mean better. Hmm. That for me, I actually enjoyed working in a smaller environment where you had your um, more attention, perhaps maybe from your boss, and your you know your work was seen a little bit more, and you could actually. Follow people who were um, further up in the chain than you, and they would give you a little more time than just maybe being another person in a larger agency. So while at the time I thought the grass would be greener, just to have Hill Holiday on my resume, and it was such a fabulous experience, I did learn for me that um, working in a smaller environment, I thrived more than working mm-hmm. in a larger environment. So I think it's really important to kind of figure out what, where you fit best, because just because something is big and grand and glossy and the best in one way, it might not be the right fit for
0: you. Absolutely. And thinking too about that, just the juxtaposition of the two different elements of the really, really large company and that boutique environment. I know you've moved forward with the boutique element in so many different ways and within business and within clients and whatnot. And it's so fun to hear that that experience is what showed you that. So if you hadn't had the bigger experience, you wouldn't know that that smaller was for you. So what did it look like next? You're at this big agency and you're thinking, okay, there's some elements that I really love about this. Of course, it's a great resume booster. What was the next step after that?
1: I went on to go work for a private business club in Boston, and I absolutely okay. loved it. I was the member relations director for the Boston College Club. Oh my And goodness. it was a, member, a member's only private club that's wow. um, part of Club Corp, which is based in Dallas. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I loved it. It was so fun. I was planning events, writing newsletters. I got to engage with all of the members Wow. Um, ironically, my husband is a member, was a member at the time. <laughs> um, and it just was such a, a fun experience and made me really realize that I loved, um, you know, being in the hospitality industry. I would say that that was my right. first foray into the hospitality industry. And around that time, I had the opportunity to work for a small um, family-owned luxury boutique hotel in the Caribbean. And I went on to take a job as the director of sales and marketing, which was absolutely fabulous. I have been going to the Caribbean since I was a child. And to be uh, working in the Caribbean for a company that um, you know, was, was just a small boutique company um, was just such a great experience. Because I then had the opportunity to go to the different um, luxury travel shows, um, Caribbean travel shows. Uh, where I could really network and meet people. And you have to keep in mind when I'm telling you about all these jobs, there was no social media at this time.
0: Wow! So we
1: didn't, we didn't have LinkedIn. We didn't have, um, I think we had Um, (laughs) monster.com. It was, you would be lucky if you, you know, I mean, in order to get a job, you hope that you knew somebody that could refer you to somebody in HR that maybe you could get an interview with. And so You know, to really network and meet people for potential positions, you had to put yourself out in more creative ways than we can now. Now we can connect with somebody on LinkedIn or contact them through social media. And um, I I often think it's kind of ironic that I own a global social media marketing company now (laughs) and have two degrees in journalism and didn't study anything about social media. Hmm. So you just kind of don't know where your um, degrees and your path will take you, but it all does come full circle. So while I would go to the luxury travel shows, I, it was sink or swim. I had to learn this all how to become a marketing director for a hotel very quickly with not a lot of help. I didn't go to hospitality school. I was a journalism major and, you know, it was within those luxury travel shows that I started to understand that aligning yourself with the right people would help you grow. And there were people that really took me under their wing to show me how to, do the job. And they maybe were from other Caribbean islands and say, this is what you need to do. And they were, they wanted to help me. And it was also at that time that I met um, some people from Conde Nast who um, owned the luxury hotel guide put out by Conde Nast UK, the publishers of Vogue, Conde Nast Traveler, um, Mm -hmm. Tatler, Vanity Fair. And um, eventually my hotel became part of that luxury um, hotel group. Wow. It was a luxury travel publication. And several years later, they they came to me and they sent me an email after seeing them many times at these luxury travel shows saying they were looking for a luxury hotel inspector for Boston. Do I know anybody? And immediately <laughs> I thought, do I know somebody? How about me? <laughs> you know? And so um, from there, I became the luxury hotel inspector for Boston, which later wow. grew to me becoming taking over their entire Caribbean region. I took over all of British Columbia and um, all of New England. And uh, later, several years later, I said to the publisher, I said, when she was interviewing more people for other regions, and it was quite a process, their interview process, you know, three or four meetings. And I said, but I don't remember you doing that for me. And we didn't have interviews and we didn't have three or four meetings. And she said, I've been interviewing you for years. And I thought, wow, what a lesson there. That really, you know, at all times when we are out there amongst other people, whether you're at a conference, whether you're at an event, you are interviewing, you are meeting people. And think about that. I mean, I I just was so blown away by that. I thought they'd been interviewing me for years. They'd been watching my movements all this time. And, you know, I thought, wow, that's pretty cool, you know, so just keep that in mind that we're always interviewing. At all yes. times, people are watching what we're doing. Um, when we think about social media, what is your social media image like? Yes. Are you posting things that you would want a future employer to see, or are you are you posting things that maybe you would regret an employer to see? Right. So to keep those things in mind, I thought that was a great lesson. So for over ten years, I was a hotel inspector for Conde Nast, and one. Um, and uh, it was the time that social media was just starting. Twitter was just starting. I would say, let's go back to 2009 would be when I started my social media accounts and I started my social media accounts and I started sharing everywhere I was going and giving people an inside access to all the five-star hotels I was seeing on Twitter and backing up to Twitter. I started Twitter account, my Twitter account, because I hated Twitter it bothered me. Everybody goes. I'm I'm on Twitter and I tweet. I'm like, what is this stupid thing on Twitter? And I, you know, I and I ended up uh, starting it in like my first tweet. And then I thought, wow, this is cool. I could share photos from where I'm traveling and give people an inside look at five star hotels. I'm in wow. hundreds a year. I mean, that would be a lot of fun. And I started wow. building a following and people who would follow me. And um, and at the same time. Um, I realized having been a marketing director for a small boutique hotel, family-run hotel, I thought, why don't I put that family-run hotel up on Facebook and put a few photos out there and see if people will start following it. And at this time, there were no Facebook pages or business pages. I had to create this hotel as a friend. And we actually had a request for a 25th wedding anniversary. And then the light bulb went off. And just, you have those moments where just the light bulb goes off. And I, I remember it, I was in Antigua. I was in at the spa, I was getting a massage and the light bulb went off. I'm 10 minutes in the massage. I'm like, I've got to get out of here. I can't, I can't relax. I need. I have things to do. I need to start a business right now. And wow. it was the idea that we could market a hotel on a social media platform. You had traditional PR, which is very important. That's, you know, magazines, um, TV, TV. And then you have the marketing people, the marketing directors who are managing all of the, you know, the marketing side for the hotel, the brochures, and we don't have brochures anymore, but <laughs> brochures. And then there, I thought there would be this piece that we could manage social media that wouldn't be in either of those, but would be complimentary. We would post these hotels and it, I would white label it, meaning I would do social media on behalf of a luxury hotel behind the scenes and nobody would know it was me. My goal was to make my clients shine. And so that was the start of Lux Social Media. I went to my favorite um, mentor in the business at the time in the luxury travel industry. And I said, I have this idea for a business. What do you think? And he says, okay, I want you to talk to my PR firm. Because um, I think that they want me to try to start maybe like looking at doing something like this and being on Twitter, but I don't know what they're talking about. So I had a wonderful conversation with the PR firm who said, we think this is great. We'd love to have you be part of this team. And we were off and running. I had one client wow. <laughs> for Lux Social Media in 2009, and we're coming up on our 11-year anniversary, which is really great. So wow, that was the start of Lux Social Media.
0: That's incredible. And Lux Social Media has been such an amazing inspiration for me. And I've, I've learned so much from Tiffany. And I just want to take a quick pause. And the, what she just said, you're always being interviewed. I've seen that to be the case in my life and in so many friends' lives and recent grads that that element, I think, can be lost on people. So I love to think back on your career and just who you are, what you were doing was enough for her to see. She didn't need to do the interview process with you because she knew you. She had watched your life, knew what you were about. And I think that's so important for for anyone who's listening, just to be thinking, how am I presenting myself? What does, what does my social media say about me? There's so many elements that, that we just don't really think about when we're looking for a job. And so I love that for you, that was kind of a, an aha moment. And then the next aha moment, seeing social media come to fruition and thinking really, how could we kind of utilize this for hotels, which you've done an incredible job of since then. So I'm curious. You have this company that you've started, and you have one client. And again, as you all are listening, you'll hear in Tiffany's story and in life, she's an amazing networker, an amazing person to to look up to and to to aspire in so many ways. Um, I do, you know, aspire to be like Tiffany in so many ways. But thinking about that networking element, so. When you're looking for these first few clients, I'm I'm guessing, and you can correct me, are you going to that, that close kind of group of Caribbean hotels? What did it look like to kind of find your, your people and find your clients in those early years?
1: That's a great question. I, um, I'm a very positive thinker. I believe in putting out positive energy. And if you could think it, it will happen. It's not if, but when, um, it's. It's something that I've always felt that it's the energy that you're putting out. If you are a positive person, you attract positive people. If you're negative, you attract negative people. And so for me, starting this business, I said, okay, who in this business do I love? Not just the Mm. hotel, but it went back to the people. The people that I had been working with, with Condé Nast and people that I had met throughout the industry, who do I love? Like, who do I enjoy working with? Who do I feel has the same values as I do as a person and that we get along well. And I started there. And then because I love those people so much and they were usually working in some beautiful hotel, did I love the hotel? Of course, probably I love the hotel. (laughs) And I came up with what I decided was my dream list. And I put 10 names down and I said, Uh. this was my dream list. And then I looked around my office and oddly enough, I had had something from those hotels in my office, mm-hmm. and it was, it said the name of the hotel on it. So I must have bought something or brought something home because it was such a special place for me that I loved it enough. I wanted something with the name on it, which I put into my office. And wow. slowly but surely, I started checking these names off. and success breeds success. So when you do finally get that one great client and you're able to leverage that to maybe pitch to try to get more clients, you start to build confidence Mm. and you just keep, you know, connecting with those people. And, and before I know it, you know, over the course of 11 years, I've worked with hotels in over 20 countries on five continents. Wow. Um, And so it had been a dream list to come true. And that kind of wow moment for me was going, wow, you know, I am sitting here in a meeting with one of the most exclusive private islands in the world, in the Caribbean mm. right now. And I'd have a moment like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, and it's, um, it's, but then I'd say that to my husband, he goes, but that's no surprise, you put it out there. And so, <laughs> you know, channeling this positive energy and really mm. believing that you can do this is, is again, not just a matter of if, but when, and uh, I love the saying by Louis Pasteur, chance favors the prepared mind. You know, Uh we have all these opportunities coming towards us all the time. We prepare and we prepare. And then that chance moment will come. And all that preparation has you ready for that moment. And are you ready to catch those signs? Are you ready to catch the opportunity? But if we are distracted and we're doing things or channeling negative energy, I believe that you miss those signs. So I have applied that to my business, which I believe is what has been sort of the secret behind my success in that. And again, um, just continuing to align yourself with people um, who share the same values in your business objectives.
0: Absolutely. Well, we don't have time for all of the fun um, little <laughs> side stories to go down the path. But Tiffany catches all of the positive things that come her way. It is incredible to see. And it has been so fun over the last few years, even just fun little stories coming to mind that that truly, Tiffany, you, you do seem to be in the right place at the right moment. It's a gift, I think.
1: <laughs> I do you have a few Forrest Gump moments,
0: <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's so incredible. And, and again, just that element, everything that, t- and I know I sound like a fangirl, but, but I am, I'm Tiffany's number one fan. Everything that Tiffany is saying, I've seen her live out over the last, you know, gosh, seven years, perhaps six, seven years that we've known each other. So yeah. it's just incredible to be able to share this, this insight and this wisdom that, that I've heard. This is really Tiffany's life. This is what she practices. This is what but she I, does. I think so. that You
1: and I get along so well because you share that same mm. positivity. Um, mm. you, you are a very positive, upbeat person and you're, you're a go-getter, you know, you mm. really, um, and, and I really admire that about you as well.
0: Oh, thank you. We're, we're kindred spirits. I think for sure. I, I'm so eager to, uh, to hear this. I, I don't know that I've ever asked you. Um, but I'm really curious, what is some of your favorite things about luxury travel?
1: I think we just talk about luxury travel in general. I think people would probably say, oh, what do you love about luxury travel? It's just, it's, Really nice, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I <laughs> think what I love about it's very comfortable. Um, but what I love about luxury travel and being in this industry is it's such a small industry. Mm. I mean, so I mean, I am so fortunate that I work in an industry where some of my best friends live all around the world, and we get the chance to work together. And they are people that when I travel, I get to go see them, and we hang out as friends because we are in the same industry, but we have a shared love for what we do. Um, but going back to luxury travel, what I love about the luxury travel industry is they have such a focus on quality and in detail. Mm. And for me, you know, that defines what luxury is. It's not for the masses. That when you are enjoying luxury, it's going to be a very special experience. It's going to be something that's bespoke. It's gonna be unique to you in that moment. And it's not just about mass-producing something. You might go, and I remember staying at, you know, this beautiful hotel out in the Berkshires and Their plates were antique china and the silverware, the flatware was antique Tiffany and Company flatware. And it was just like, wow, you know, how beautiful is that? It's like too good to use. And you're going, but wait, (laughs) this is a moment. This is something very special. And to appreciate this focus on quality and details, what I love most about luxury travel.
0: Mm, that's so true I, I can think back on our travels over the last few years Tiffany has introduced me to some incredible hotels and Luke and I have have been able to visit quite a few of them but that element of the the unique kind of thoughts around what what it is that the hotel might be able to share and utilize but the the bespoke element of of luxury travel and the boutique hotels really um, is always like you said you just have that moment of okay this is a moment this is a beautiful a beautiful beautiful piece and a beautiful kind of uh, memory to hold on to, truly. I think a lot of times throughout my experience with luxury travel and especially boutique hotels, there's just an element of this isn't just a trip. This is this is a memory for a lifetime. And, and I know you have some incredible memories, I'm sure. And we could talk forever about, about your incredible travels. But I, I'm really curious um, because you've been all over the world. And I, I wonder if you know how many, how many content or if there's a number around how many trips, how many miles, I don't know how how many uh, kind of travels you've done. But uh, I am curious, what is one of your favorite places to visit? Is there a chance we can narrow it down? Yeah,
1: (laughs) you definitely can. I don't count the number of countries or continents I go to simply because I feel like I'm in the moment. And it's a little bit overwhelming if I think how many miles I travel per year. So I just kind of go. By trip and going back to what you were saying about luxury, really quickly is that travel affects the emotions, and that's why we love travel. You're going Mm -hmm. to see the people in the places that you love, and so it's those memorable moments that, to me, are the you know what makes luxury so special. Um, But where am I looking forward to going to? I cannot wait to go back to London. I have a lot of friends in London, and it's just such a pivot point to get anywhere else in Europe. But there is just so much um, that I love. With the cultural side of London, the arts, just being able to walk on a beautiful day. And for some reason, every time I go to London, it's sunny. So I don't care what people say about <laughs> London, I've always caught it on a sunny, sunny visit. I'm looking forward to going back to Asia. I know that might be a while. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to going back to Shanghai and seeing some very special places. Um, I think you know this story. I had the opportunity several years ago to go to Shanghai where my grandfather was a singer in the 1930s at one of the um, jazz clubs there. And that was probably one of the most unforgettable moments for me was Mm -hmm. to go and see where he actually performed. And it was in that moment that I said to myself, this is why I travel. To wow. have this feeling of connection, this this connection with something that's greater than me, and my grandfather has since passed away, and what I wouldn't give today to be able to ask him all the questions I I have today about mm. about what that was like.
0: That's amazing. So London is next, and Asia, the Caribbean, Car-
1: Caribbean because it's close. <laughs> I'm anxiously waiting for those airports to open and we'll get the chance to go back. I was married in Turks and Caicos and I have great love for places like St. Lucia and some of the other beautiful islands like Anguilla and any place that you can just slow down and be a little more on island time and socially disconnect is is the term (laughs) we're using now. So, you know, to go someplace where you're going to feel the warmth of the Caribbean, the warm hospitality, and and to be able to just um, also stay socially distant and, and enjoy travel again.
0: Absolutely. Well, there's so many uh, different places you've been and and we'll show you and tell you where you can connect with Tiffany uh, towards the end. But I'm curious too, because you have had so many amazing experiences within travel and you've had so many incredible memories and wild stories, all, all kinds of different elements within the travel kind of sphere and thought. What was a real wow moment for you in your career where you kind of looked around and you just Thought, okay, this is this is a big deal, or or this is really something I wasn't expecting.
1: Well, I had a few of those moments. I mean, maybe one example would be when I was named one of the twenty-five most influential people in digital media at one point, and the people on that list were from Apple, Burberry, Michael Kors, and me. And I was on that <laughs> list, and it was a it was a time for me that I realized that I had earned people's trust. And that was what was so important for me was the fact that, you know, I'm I'm not a blogger who's just opening a blog. I'm not somebody who just decided to start social media. I've worked a decade to earn the trust of people, to be an authentic voice in my industry. And to be a key opinion leader in anything, you have to earn people's trust. This doesn't happen overnight. And that goes with, you know, again, aligning yourself with the right people, being honest and ethical and not being afraid to share your opinion. Um, even if it might be against the grain um, and, and to also support others. I'm a big proponent of, you know, supporter of, of other entrepreneurs, especially women and the fact that we all rise with the tide. So, you know, using that just as an example, there've been many moments for me of self-realization and um, mm. to just appreciate the fact that I want to continue to be a trusted voice for people in my industry.
0: Well, and that you are. It's incredible to think back. And so many of you who are listening, you may not have um, as much career experience, you might be starting out in your career, perhaps you're looking to pivot. But I think the theme here for Tiffany that I've seen over the years is really that genuine element of, um, being sincere and aligning like Tiffany's been saying, aligning herself with those that lift her up and those who are for her. And then she is a champion as well. Like she said, of women, of myself, of other young entrepreneurs and, and specifically women in in this space. So it's incredible to kind of think through all of that and, and hear so many incredible tips and, and thoughts from Tiffany. I know too, a lot of my listeners, like I said, Many of them might be pivoting in their career, or perhaps they're just starting uh, their career. I'm wondering, what would you say uh, is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? A a loaded question, but could you think of perhaps uh, just that greatest lesson that you have learned that you might want to share with my listeners?
1: I think what I've learned over the past decade you know, in this business um, is the fact that it was always important for me to choose quality over quantity. Oh. from who you work with to the scope of work and that loyalty and trust are paramount. Um, so, you know, the idea that you partner with people who are aligned with your values and your business objectives and to really stay true to that and to not try to be all things to all people and to focus in on what you really love, what you enjoy doing. And again, there's going to be a lot of opportunities and to really think, you know, what where you would be the best fit. I've had, you know, times where I may have had um, business come my way, and I've made a conscious decision that that wouldn't be the right path for me. Mm. And it wasn't about growing and being a massive business for everybody and taking on all sorts of clients to really focus on a quality product that I was offering through my agency, a mm. quality business um, that would be small and enough for me to handle and that would you know fit with sort of you know what i what I had learned over the course of career is to remain a small business and not try to be a large company and all things to all people,
0: right. And I think, too, that kind of keeps the, the overwhelm at bay. I love that thought of really keeping it quality over quantity. I think so many of us can get really excited about a lot of different opportunities. And I know in my life, I can see different things and, and get excited. But the element of really honing in on what it is you're passionate about, Tiffany has done such an incredible job of this throughout her career and really, really taking the lead in, wow, not just the luxury travel space, but specifically with her clients, that element of keeping that quality um, and making sure that that your work is aligned with with just what you said, the loyalty, the trust, all of those amazing things, which I know you stand to in in so many ways. So it's so encouraging. You
1: know, and do a small job well, you know, Mm. do that job well before you take on more. And you know, we can there's so many distractions and so many exciting directions we can turn and Mm. you know just and that's okay. You know, it's it's great to have lots of opportunities, but really think, you know, um I I want to do a small job well. Um, Before I think about taking on too much that will overwhelm me and then perhaps make the quality of my work go down anywhere else. So it's been important for me to continue to stay the size that I've been with my, with my business, but understanding that we can never be complacent and we have to continue to evolve.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, this is also great. I have just a few more questions. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but I would love to know an amazing lesson that you've learned. And then what what advice do you have for your younger self? Perhaps that recent grad, maybe from graduate school in Boston. Do you have any advice for her that you'd like to share with my listeners?
1: I would say, stop worrying about what people think about you so much. I wish Mm. I did that more in my 20s. You know, to not let insecurity hold you back. Right. Uh, flaws are some of your most human and endearing parts. Mm. And I think that, you know, we, we worry too much about what other people think. I love this. I had heard this saying, I, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it was, I used to walk into a room and wondered if you liked me. And now I walk into a room and wonder if I like you.
0: Oh. And I, I,
1: I love that because I just, you know, I wish I was more confident in my 20s to really just not be afraid. And to really just go for it and, and don't feel that insecurity, but will they like me? Will it be good enough? And to just do it, just go Mm -hmm. for it and throw caution to the wind and have a little bit more risk than maybe I did in my twenties. But, you know, I found that as, as time has gone on, I've, you know, you outgrow that and you don't let those insecurities hold you back. But I definitely would advise that to my, my post-grad self at the time.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's so true. I, I definitely can relate to that. And I will take that to heart as well. I love that quote. Well, Tiffany, this has been so much fun. And as you all have heard, Tiffany is a woman on the go. She's always traveling and, and it's so enjoyable to see kind of what she's up to next. I know there's always something coming up for you. Is there anything that we can be looking forward to? What's next for you? What's next for Lux social media?
1: Well, I think we're just in the process of waiting to see our hotel clients open coming up. It's been a difficult post-COVID time. We call it post-COVID time now because our Mm. minds are thinking about reopening these hotels. Um, So we're busy trying to market several of the clients right now to continue to promote what's happening. I'm very optimistic about the future. Um, As far as luxury travel, I think that we're going to start to see all of us traveling again soon even though I think we should still be very cautious, which I am doing. I have put a screeching halt on all of my travel right now and enjoying yes. this time at home and dreaming of travel, dream now, travel later kind yes. of mentality. And we'll see, you know, I think it's um, a lot of things are going to change, but we'll be ready for them. And it's it's about hurry up and wait <laughs> so we can travel <laughs> next. It's exactly. all good. I'm feeling very very optimistic much more than I I perhaps was about, you know, 4 to 6 weeks ago.
0: Yes, likewise. In this industry. likewise. Oh my goodness. Well, Tiffany, again, this has been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I I said this at the beginning, but you are truly, truly my original, how'd she do that? The question that, that kind of inspired this podcast comes so much from our friendship relationship. And I just thank you for that. I can't thank you enough. Uh, Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you'd like to today?
1: No, I think I think we've covered a lot. You and I always know we can chat forever. <laughs> I wanted to let you know I am just so incredibly proud of you. I'm so incredibly inspired by you, wow. uh, your positivity, your creativity, and your, your optimism. And I'm really proud to see you um, start this podcast, and I've really enjoyed being a guest on it.
0: Oh Well, thank you. And I I could go on and I, I will stop myself because I just will out myself again and again and again. But you guys, Tiffany was one of the original women that I reached out to. She didn't know me from Adam. And I asked her as a, as a college student, if she would have time for that informational interview with me. And she has inspired me in in more ways than than one, as you can hear throughout our conversation, just such a respect for Tiffany and, and I'll stop myself because I could go on and on and on.
1: You know, I I love that moment because you really showed initiative. And I think Mm. that you showed so much confidence to, to reach out to somebody to do that. And, Mm. you know, I think that you know, some other advice I can give is just to not be complacent and, and mm-hmm. you know, reach out to people and connect. We do have social media now and how wonderful it is that we can follow people and connect in ways we never had the opportunity before to do. Right. So, um, you know, like I said, that when I started, social media wasn't available. You had to do this all in person or right. by phone. And now we have many, many avenues that you can network. Mm. Um, one one thing I didn't mention that I, I wanted to mention is that when I, um, I know we're wrapping it up, but um, no, I when I came to Boston, I also got invo- involved in a lot of charitable organizations, ah, young, yes. young friends groups of children's hospital or the young friends of the public garden or any other things that could get me outside of my grad school group and have me yes. meet new people that shared um, similar values to me and we're fun and interesting and we're young as well. And I immediately broaden my circles to meeting people in different industries and my network grew exponentially. Mm. So that's something that I I also definitely encourage that if you are currently in college, if you're a post-grad, if you're moving to a new city to look into some of those organizations that you can get involved with. And it's not a lot of work. A lot of times it's just a lot of fun charity events and social (laughs) gatherings, but it's just a fabulous way to network more so than just hanging out at a local bar. And I will, I will admit, I met my husband at one of these charity events. So. <laughs> and my life changed forever. So, you know, oh. that, in it, that in itself, not to mention some, you know, really interesting people that today um, are, are, are part of my circle.
0: Mm, that's incredible. And that's true. That's such a theme, as you can hear with Tiffany, just the continued element of networking, that genuine heart behind really getting to know people staying connected with those that are like minded, positive, go getters. That's truly who Tiffany is. And we all have so much to learn from her. Tiffany, I know people are going to be eager to track you down, follow your travels in the perhaps the upcoming year. Where can people connect with you?
1: Well, you can connect with me on social media. My Instagram is at Lux Tiffany, L-U-X-E, Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And there you also find my email and contact information. But if you'd like my email, it's Tiffany at LuxSocialMedia.com. And I would love to connect with you. So please feel free to email me or send me a message and
0: mm. and we can connect. Ah. Fabulous. Well, again, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on today's episode of How'd She Do That? It was a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me and please stay well, Emily, and we'll be in touch soon.
0: Okay, great. Thanks,
1: Tiffany. Thanks, Emily.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Talk to you soon.